With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The revolution is televised. Episode 100 of Wrestling's Unplugged and Undeniable. As always, I'm your host, Jesse Velasquez of SE Scoops and DailyDDT.com. The journey has been long, folks. August 22nd of 2020 was episode number one, where all it was was a for fun project because A, I love the world of professional wrestling, and B, I was bored out of my wits during the pandemic. So I was able to save up enough money to get some podcasting equipment, and here we are today. Real quick, Google, Apple, and Spotify is where you can find this podcast as always. It's formerly with Blue Wire Hustle. We're going to tie that in a little bit later in the show. This show specifically is broke down into three parts, which will be this intro, where I have a lot of people to thank and go real quick into the journey. I have a very surprised guest for the second portion that is a very familiar face and you will all know very, very well. And the final piece will be a full gear preview with, again, two folks that you know very, very well in the wrestling community. So real quick, it's taken me two years and about three extra months to get to 100 episodes, and I honestly really had no idea that I'd get here. What kept me going? There were a lot of things. Again, I think it's just, number one, the, for the love of professional wrestling, in spite of the fact that I don't devote as much time as I used to. And granted, again, with a child, number one, with a career, number two, this has always been a passion project of mine. I've always loved to talk about pro wrestling, and I do so a lot on Twitter, which is where I found a lot of this community that, of course, listens to this show and a lot of the guests that I've had on in the past. So real quick, I'm going to just spit out as many possible names as I can over the next 45 seconds. And if I missed you, well, I did probably give you a shout out on Twitter as well. So first things first, I want to give a shout out to Warren Hayes for leading me into the dailyddt.com realm so I can start writing. Without that, I'm not here. Of course, Daily DDT and Kevin Parvizi, Joe Anthony Myrick, Bruce Hazelwood, Raphael Garcia, and Patches Chance, who was guest host number two. Actually, he yes, he was guest host number two here on the podcast, so I really want to thank those guys as well. They've always been a, a tremendous crew to work with, we have a lot of engaging conversations in there as well. So Samantha Shipman, of course, she's also a part of Daily DDT and SE Scoops, where I'm currently at. Same thing with Bruce Hazelwood. And I'm going to get into a few more names right now as well. 
My PW Torch contributors, Zach Hador and Frank Pettiani, I want to thank you both. You both have been tremendous when it comes to guiding me with specific things. And now I'm a PW Torch VIP member, and it's been really helpful for a lot of the content and information that I display here on said show. The doc over at Bleacher Report, Chris Mueller, thank you. You're always very charitable with not only your time, but also just the positivity that you bring on an everyday basis. Phil Lindsay, who I met over at Daily DDT as well, who has moved on to bigger and better things with Bleacher Report and the Grapsity podcast. I've also had Will Washington and Righteous Reg on the show. So go back and listen to those episodes in the archive. Fightful.com for kind of giving me a little bit of a platform to follow. Specifically, Rob Wilkins, I will definitely give a shout out to who's been a co-host here on here twice. It's been a pleasure to work with you and we definitely will be in the very near future as well. Blue Wire Hustle was the very first platform that gave this show a chance and I wanted to thank you for the 10 months and the people I met along the way there so along with Jacob DeLawrence as well from we got next shout out to him Garrett Gonzalez who also came over from Blue Wire Hustle Fight Game Media and Wrestling Observer the Wrestling Observer newsletter really want to thank him as well for connecting me with Fight Game Media folks and as well as being a host on this podcast. He's always been very gracious with information and a very guiding light when it comes to the world of pro wrestling. I have one more big group to thank because the other three people that I'm going to thank later, you'll be hearing them here on the show. That'd be Ryan Drosty, Kyle Ross, and Justin Joint from Top Rope Nation. Fast story here, I ended up winning a contest to get AEW All Out 2021 for free. So they were kind enough to pay for my viewing, which ended up being one of the two greatest AEW pay-per-views of all time. Pretty crazy to think about. But since then, I discovered their Facebook group. I've had Ryan on a handful of times. I've had Justin on once, and Kyle has been on for a lot of special projects. You'll definitely be hearing them going down the road. I have been a guest host on Ryan's show two or three times now, as well as a Top Rope Nation Extra. Check out their Patreon, their Facebook group, and subscribe to their YouTube channel as well. They do a fantastic job of covering pro wrestling from a very objective standpoint. I will forever shout that to the moon top. Lastly, with Ryan Drosty as well, I met up with him at AEW All Out this year in Chicago. Met him earlier here back in July as he and his lovely family were visiting the Como Zoo, not far from where I live. So shout out to them. I will be seeing them on Saturday for driving down to Iowa to watch Full Gear with him and Tim Jensen as well, who I met in Chicago. I'm really looking forward to it. And of course, toppling Goliath Beer, I digress. As well as Ryan for giving me a chance at SE Scoops and... I really do love to write, so I've been very fortunate to contribute some articles here and there. Just threw a five best MJF matches article in, as well as contributed for the AEW Full Gear 2022 pay-per-view prediction piece, which, again, we'll be covering in-depth in segment number three. All of you that I mentioned and everyone that I shouted out online, I'll give Cassidy Haynes also a big plug because in 2020 I met him in Chicago and we had a night that neither of us will ever, ever forget. But he also led me to a wonderful wrestling community and meeting more more folks throughout and making all of these connections because without all of these connections, this podcast isn't where it is today. Lastly, Cam Hawkins, 
PW Torch, the ringer, and he's done some D- D- uh, DDT work as well over at Fansided. I, he just recently dropped an article with Tony Storm. I want to really thank him for his time and contributions to the show and the two episodes that he brought. He brought a tremendous insight, and he's always full of a great sense of humor that I truly appreciate and also just drop dropping knowledge bombs and everybody, as everyone that I mentioned. So I've gone a little bit long on this, but I wanted to thank everyone for their contributions and to continuously keep this thing going. So the very last three individuals that I am going to thank will be following right about now. I mean, what would episode 100 be without this person (laughs) right here? Me, Maria Rose. I'm back. I didn't even realize it was episode 100. A blast from the past i had to have you on this episode because you came on originally in episode 10 your last episode was episode 70 oh wow and you this is appearance number 31 (laughs) for you been doing some statistics had to really (laughs) dig deep and see yeah just how many appearances you made in everything give the audience what is new in maria rose's world um, nothing really just working, um, with my boyfriend, my family, my cats, you know, my son's going to be 17, which is wild. So I've just been focusing on my family. That's it. My uh, household. That's it. You have a birthday in a month. I do. I share a birthday with Stone Cold and Trish Stratus. Oh, and Trish. <laughs> mm-hmm. I did not know Trish. We we had the discussion about Stone Cold Steve Austin on a prior episode. Again, they're all in the archives. The most downloaded episode that this podcast has ever done was episode 13, and Maria, of course, was on it. So, mm-hmm. But what was it about? If it was the most downloaded episode, what were we talking about? Was it, it an was. MJF? <laughs> sort of. It was a pre-AEW revolution there's a preview. And then we were talking, we, Eminem got dropped in there. Okay. The name of the episode, folks, is Slim Shady with a stick of dynamite starting AEW Revolution. <laughs> That's great. They wanted to cancel Eminem back then on March 6th of 2021. You could have tried to cancel him two decades prior. Bobby Lashley was the, eight, was the WWE champion. Brand spanking new at the time. And then we went through AEW Revolution, which... For all the MJF fans out there, he was teaming with Chris Jericho against the Young Bucks. Man, that feels like forever ago. Yeah. In episode 70, your last appearance was with John Alba, New Jersey's finest. Right. We did. We um and I had my I had it set up with my little TikTok stand and I had it was a little more professional than usual. James Dean in the background. Yeah. He's a he's a Springsteen guy, Jersey. So Yeah. That's Maria in a nutshell, and we're going to get to the how much wrestling she's been watching here in a second, but of course, it would not be an episode with Maria Rose without Iron Chic tweets of the day. Okay. I, are you ready, first and foremost? I'm ready. Hogan's heroes. Only Hogan I ever respect. <laughs> the Hulk Hogan, his dog shit acting career. Hey, what? So he quote tweeted Bovada. What's a sports <laughs> moment people forget about? And that's what he said? Yes. 
We got more. These are tremendous, as always. Here is a legendary song from the 80s. I'm going to wait till you finish that sip before we go into okay, the tweet. Okay, I might spit it out. On you the- will. Unskinny bop. Otherwise, go fuck yourself. <laughs> wait, you said unskinny bop? Yes. Is that a poison song or what song? It's from the 80s. Unskinny bop. I I know it's unskinny bop song. Yeah, hmm. unskinny bop bop bop. It's like white snake poison, something along those lines. It does sound like a Brett Michaels type thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Somebody's screaming at this podcast right now. It's whoever. <laughs> All right, this one's great. It's Danny DeVito's. So everybody, go fuck yourself. That's what it says. I haven't even been on Twitter, so that's what it says. It's Danny DeVito, so everyone go fuck yourself. Yes. Is there a purpose to it, or it's just random? I he doesn't. Apparently today, it's all about Danny DeVito. So everybody else just needs to go f themselves. <laughs> With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay. All right. I will stop the Fs, but he does not. F the pennies from heaven. The primary objective is for you to go F yourself. <laughs> Last, but most certainly not least, we do have to drop the F bomb here. Waiting for sip. Where the streets have no name. Go fuck yourself. He's wild. I miss it. I actually should go on Twitter literally just to see his tweets. That's the, the only reason. Yeah. The only reason for you to go on Twitter. I went on there and I see all these blue check marks. Elon Musk has taken over Twitter, as you probably know. Yeah, I know that. Twitter blue is a thing. You can pay eight bucks a month to be a blue check mark account. Okay. Anybody oh, I, and everybody. I guess people really, really wanted to be a check mark in life. Exactly. I don't know if eight dollars a month is worth it. I'd rather get like a Netflix or Hulu subscription. Point taken. We one hundred percent agree. So that's the status on Twitter blue check mark. Okay. Well, I mean good for them. If they can do it, I'm happy for them. I mean, to each their own. The people who don't touch grass. <laughs> I was being nice. I got to be snively. So I'm going to give you the biggest crash course. This will probably take me 45 seconds. Okay. Before we tell you or before you tell the audience out there about your wrestling view. AEW over the last, we'll say six months has been in some turmoil. Just because backstage politics have taken place. Booking hasn't been the same, but it's still better than the WWE. Okay. We've seen CM Punk come. 
and we may see him go. Okay. I knew about that. I knew about that. Yes. Sad day. The Young Bucks have been suspended as well as Kenny Omega from that same deal. They are returning on Saturday. Okay. They are, but not CM Punk. Correct. Young right. Bucks and Kenny Omega will be in a trio's tag match against Death Triangle, which will be the match of the night. Before we get to the big meat and potatoes, you now can let the world in on your secret how much wrestling you've been watching lately. I have been watching lately? None. Zip zero. I haven't even really been checking Twitter to find out what's going on. I was sick. I had COVID. Um, my boyfriend got sick. My son got sick. We all had COVID, like, back to back to back. And then, uh, but I do actually have some good news. I don't know. Maybe it could be good. Drop it. We may start start watching wrestling again, right? And then he's not a wrestling fan, so... Should I Venmo you 10 bucks so the two of you can order full gear on Saturday <laughs> night? You don't need to Venmo me 10 bucks, but maybe that would be a good, that might be a good first show for him. It will be oh, for a myriad of reasons. Saturday night. And the number one reason why that you guys should order the pay-per-view is the main event is for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. John Moxley with William Regal in his corner going against Again. MJF. MJF. So the question that I am going to ask you right now, this is kind of impromptu. Hopefully you don't think too long and hard about it is. Give me a couple of your favorite MJF matches that you've watched in the last year or two. Well, I'm suffering from long COVID, so my memory's kind of shot. Uh, but I, I don't remember much. The last year or two, remember when he was on top of the cage bleeding? Absolutely, okay. that was at the uh, end but, of Blood and Guts. End of Blood and Guts. Okay, and then um, I, there was another match that I really, really liked. That oh, what way to put me on the on the spot? <laughs> um, That's what the edit button's hmm. for. I know. Um, MJF match last year too. That's a lot of matches, though. Why I'll, can't one come? I'll give you Jung some. No, Jungle wheels. Boy was Jungle Boy was like 2020, right? That is correct. You have some memory. Um, I wrote an article for SE Scoops on Wednesday of what my opinion was of MJF's five best matches in AEW. Okay, that was on the list. Wait, Jungle Boy or on top of the cage? Jungle Boy, 2020. I went singles matches. I did not do any tags or any multi-man matches. Okay. Um, and I'm not the, giving everybody the, the whole list because that's clickbait. You need to go and check that article the, out. And just because I'm a fan of blood, which is really weird, but the dog, dog collar match with CM Punk. That is also on the list. So that was two of go. the five. Yeah, I, have I'm a gonna, little bit of memory. I'm going to give everybody one more, and then you'll have to check out the article for the other two. So I'll drop you the one that's probably the least memorable of the three on the list, Sammy Guevara on AEW Dynamite over the mm -hmm. summer of 2021. We, You and I had a podcast where we were to the moon excited for that match. That match, yeah. Yeah. Two different styles of wrestling, I remember. They crushed it. Mm -hmm. 
I got a lot of hate for that match being on the list. Just saying this list isn't credible with a Sammy Guevara match on it. So there were a lot of haters out. There's always haters. <laughs> I know. And that match, by the way, was mind-boggling. Excellent. Five days before my son was born. So I, that's going to be... Yeah, so that was the the last MJF match before my son came into the world. Oh, and how old is he now? 16 months. Damn, I remember when he was born. Big boy now. 16 months, oh my God. He's a big boy. So, MJF. That should be enough to watch this pay-per-view. So the question I'll ask you is, is this shouldn't be putting you on the spot. Is he going to walk away with the AEW World Heavyweight Championship on Saturday night? Yeah. Yeah. I knew he was going to win a championship in 2022, but I didn't know which one. I had the wrong one. He's been groomed for it. He's had a tumultuous last six months, starting from double or nothing with the backstage stuff, the contract not getting paid enough, losing to Wardlow. And then he went on Dynamite on Wednesday in Los Angeles and dropped one of his best promos to date and left for three months. That's when he to- he called Tony Khan a fucking Mark on live television. <laughs> yes. An excellent and explosive promo. So three months later, he returned at AEW All Out, which is pretty sweet, by the way. Just go back. I did and see that. See the mask. Came out to the Rolling Stones. I believe it's Symphony of a Devil. I cannot remember the name of the song for the life of me. Mm-hmm. But it, it does have devil in the title. Sympathy for the devil. There it is. That cost Tony Khan a pretty penny to get on that uh, on that show. He's a billionaire. He can do it. So we fast forward now two months later after securing the poker chip. Here he is getting his opportunity against John Moxley. And we all think it's just because that CM Punk was suspended because we were probably anticipating a, the Punk MJF3 to happen here at Full Gear. Mm-hmm. In Newark, New Jersey, Maria. I know. I, I'm sad I'm not going. And they just did Rampage in Atlantic City this past Friday, I think it was. Or two Fridays ago. It's the fourth, I think. And I didn't even go. I, I just am saving money. You know, I'm recovering. I'm tired. We're both tired, you know. Life's just been been good. Don't get me wrong, great, but um, tiring. I didn't know COVID could just like knock you out so bad. Oh, it does. Mm-hmm. It does. We had it at the beginning of January, and it knocked us all out for a yeah. while. That is for sure. You missed Orange Cassidy and Shibata. They were at the show. New Japan's oh. Katsuyori Shibata, who has not. He was supposed to be out for about four. He's been out for about four or five years, I think. So this was like his second or third match back in the ring after suffering a, a brain a brain damage or was it brain bleed against Kazuchika Okada in one of the best matches of 2017. Yeah. Oh, damn. That's a long time. <laughs> Mike Tyson was also on this show doing guest commentary Mike- for it. At Rampage? Yes. Oh, I did see. I said the Mike that Mike Tyson was going to be there. I did. I did see that. So that was that was a, was a fun Rampage. Rampage has been a little bit down of recent weeks, so we yeah. had that as well. So we're hoping that you get on the bandwagon again and start watching a little bit of. We'll say AEW, even though I will say WWE has made a stride or two moving moving forward. Well, that was piggybacking off my good news, wasn't that we were 
possibly I was possibly going to get him into wrestling. My wonderful, fantastic boyfriend. Um, I, <laughs> he's willing to walk with me, which makes him all that more wonderful and fantastic. But my good news was I may reopen my um, YouTube channel with him. Lovely. Hopefully you yeah. have an editor. <laughs> I actually put out a tweet like, does anybody know how to edit YouTube videos? Because, you know, I, I tried and I was like, I don't know if I can do that. I'm going to yeah. talk to, I have a really good friend of mine that I actually need to collaborate with because he's excellent with YouTube editing. So we'll have to get on that. Yeah, I mean, I did, I tried it once and I did a, um, just like I did a little one for myself when I was alone. I did a, um, like a mock video of AW review and, and I edited it pretty good. I sent it to my sister. She did a good job, but I don't know if I could do it like every other day. Cause if you want to make money on YouTube, just, a, just to advice to anybody, you got to post content consistently and get a fan base going. Two days a week, I believe, is good. And then a 1,000 subscribers. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, 1,000 subscribers and 4,000 watch hours, which is hard to get. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It's hard to get. We all start from square one. This podcast started from episode one, and here we are to 100. So Yeah. It's a big reason why you are on said show, because you were a very memorable part of this show. You are still I missed to this day. I was going to say, I miss podcasting. I do. It's just life is, yeah, I told you, you know, like before life just got so busy. There's no really other word. Busy, that's all. It's just so busy. There's been some, yeah, there's been a lot of podcasts lately that have been dropped off, I would say, or there's been some turnover. Some some really? lesser known ones that are within my bubble. So, mm -hmm. yeah, there, there's some turnover and there's a potential for new opportunities for new folks to step in. And we shall see if that happens for said individuals. But, yeah, it's been a fun 2022 and 2023 looks to be a very good one from a wrestling standpoint. So we hope that you jump back in. We'll we'll see if your boyfriend likes it. I don't know how mm -hmm. it'll go. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> so my last question before you drop socials is... Since he is willing to watch wrestling with you maybe once, what have you been willing to watch with him that he really enjoys? You're like, eh. Um, I, oh, that I'm like, eh. I kind of like what he shows me. Like, I've watched a lot of stand-up with him, and he likes those cop shows, like The Rookie and um, Power, it's called. Yeah, and I'm not saying they're inviting me. Like, I was, like, at first skeptical, and I'm like, ugh. And then I put it, he put it on, I'm like, shit, it's actually good. <laughs> like, 
So it hasn't shown me anything where I've been disappointed, to be honest. Beautiful. Because for me, it was Dateline. Melissa's a Dateline <laughs> watcher. Yeah. And what else have we been watching of late? We, I just started Stranger Things. So she was, she watched the first three seasons and then the new season came out a while ago and we're just about there. Stranger Things. I love Stranger Things. Yeah, we started it. I yes. finished it. I can't wait. There you go. I, I changed your life. <laughs> <laughs> We all change lives in other <laughs> other ways. That's for sure. Many different ways to to change them. You changed the dynamic of this podcast for a while, Maria. You got that the, the ball rolling on this show, which is why you're here. And we're I'm very thankful that you were able to make this appearance on episode 100. Thank you. Well, what what if I want to pop on every now and then? Do I just have to send you a message? Absolutely. Yes. Right. Ro rotating guest hosts have been a thing from episode 70 on. I have done five or six solo episodes by myself that have been anywhere from 20 to 30 minutes. I wanted to keep them short. So the attention span, mm -hmm. it's great for those types of people. So I kind of just kind of was like, there was no point in me podcasting with you if I wasn't watching the products that you're, you know, podcasting about. So, but if he gets back into it with me, maybe I can get back into my hobbies. And, you know, I enjoy podcasting. So, yeah, of course you encourage me. That's why I'm feeling better because you're around. There it is. The dynamic duo. And then, of course, you have your own dynamic duo. We are a dynamic duo here. The rest Absolutely. is. Yes, that's where the bread is buttered. So, AEW Full Gear Saturday night, Newark, New Jersey, the crowning of your man. Not your actual man next to you, but <laughs> your man in the pro wrestling yeah. space, Maxwell Jacob Friedman, MJF. Yeah. Well, yeah. If he doesn't win, I would be pretty shocked. We all shocked. would be. And I know the vast majority of wrestling experts, including the two that are immediately following this, this segment for this Megasode of 100, are in the MJF boat. Well, they're smart. <laughs> Yeah, if you predict him to lose your and you bet Maria coffee, we know what happens. She gets heavily caffeinated. That's true. Yeah, we did start doing that. Venmo each other four dollars coffee. It's more me doing that to you. I would send you money because MJF ruins lives. And I know it because he ruined mine. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Goodness, the future is definitely bright for him as well as for you. On. Your way out, Maria. Promote if you want socials, because I don't know how much you're on social media yeah. anymore, but it always goes under the header. Yeah, I mean, I think it's everything now. It's YouTube, it's which more videos may be posted too with the new, my newest um, edition. Yeah. And, uh, and then, so that Instagram and Twitter. And, oh, I put a TikTok on again. So they're all. Maria underscore Rose, M-A-R-E-E-A underscore R-O-S-E. If you don't know, now you know. And your fan base is going to be extremely excited to listen to this appearance on what you have been up to for the last nine months. It's been that long. The John Alba episode was the very end of the first week of February. Oh, my goodness. Mm -hmm. Right before Valentine's I, Day. I realize it's been that long. 
Yeah. So I somehow made 30 episodes since then, in spite of the peaks and valleys that have been going on in life, much like you've had as well. So any other parting shots of advice for the audience out there or just in general? Um, Love MJF. Buy his merch. Give him money. (laughs) That's it. And subscribe to Maria's YouTube channel. Which hopefully I'll get underway this week. Or next week, maybe. I'm not sure. Maybe I'll watch Full Gear and with with you and we'll just Saturday night and we'll just, you know, talk about that. Who knows? It is a loaded card talent wise. So I suggest that you do. Just read who's gonna be wrestling and you're going to be amazed. I, I'll spoil one thing for you before we transition to phase three on this show is that there is a day not a debut but a person who hasn't wrestled in 5 years that is wrestling on this card who? a la- a woman Bella? you're along those ways i will tell you it is the artist formerly known as Paige her name oh, is now Soraya yeah i saw that she was in AEW that's right she will be wrestling Britt Baker on this card, and it's going to be yeah. It's it. The feud has been the buildup has been fun. It's been really weird. Mm-hmm. So if you want to watch some vignettes, I won't spoil anything for you. But it it would definitely be fun to kind of watch that journey at least before you dive in. Yeah. So with Maria's words of wisdom, we are now transferring over to phase three of this mega episode one hundred. And since I am not doing the signing off at all on the last part of this, I will just say that we will see you on the flip side. Now to your final segment of the show. How do you close a Mammoth 100 episode? We start with a story and then we get into the, to the juicy stuff. So I was introduced to both these gentlemen at StarCast 3 in Chicago, Illinois, as they had a panel wrestling with stereotypes, which I wrote about the experience over at DailyDDT.com, and it was extremely enlightening, eye-opening, and any superlative that you can think of when it comes to minorities in the pro wrestling space. And the panel they had was unreal. They could tell you about it themselves. And they've also had a really big hand kind of in getting me started and getting me rolling on the right spot, specifically one of these gentlemen who pointed me to the Blue Wire Hustle umbrella for that year. And I truly enjoyed my time there. But without a further ado, I have two of my favorite listens together. Kel Dansby and Andreas Hale from the Corner Podcast, ESPN and Sporting News as well. Thank you so much for joining me today. Man, I appreciate it. That's my hell of an intro. So, uh, yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> thank you so much. Definitely appreciate you uh, having us on for your 100th episode. That's a pretty significant milestone, man. Congratulations. Thank you. It took a little while to get there. And I know that you've been in this space now for about seven and a half years, which is yeah. insane to think about. <laughs> I've gone through, I think I probably started, I went back to 2019 to in, into present day just because Kel told me not to go back any further than 2019. <laughs> yes, it's all crazy. It's, it's a wild bad hot takes. takes. Nothing, <laughs> bad takes, nothing but no, just a collection some, of bad takes. Some, some stuff montage. stands. Some stuff is uh, aged gracefully, like a fine wine. Others right. has not. Others yeah. not. Right. Yeah, few and far between. <laughs> 
wild takes. And I do recommend that if you do not listen to their combat sports shows that on the day that this drops, go listen to their boxing episode because some breaking news literally hit in the last five, 10 minutes that you've already found out about. They're going to break yeah. it down in depth. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we're going to have Ryan Garcia versus Javante Davis in 2023. So the young guys are fighting each other. Um, that's the biggest critique in boxing, right? No one fights each other. They don't fight each other when we want them to fight each other. And this is a case where belts don't matter. They're not doing this for belts. They're doing this for legacy because the best fight the best. And we have guys like Devin Haney. It looks like he's going to fight Lomachenko to start the year. That division's really setting a precedent of, no, they'll fight each other. And by the way, when they all get up to 140, I think Teofimo Lopez will fight them as well because he's he's crazy. He fought Lomachenko on his 13th fight. So a lot of these young guys hopefully change the mindset of boxing going forward. And there's money for them. It, it, it's hard, man. It's hard to sell pay-per-views. We're going to talk about AEW here in a second. It's hard to sell pay-per-views out in these streets. So if you don't put together these blockbuster fights and get people really engaged, your your numbers aren't going to give you what you think they're sh they should be giving you. So I'm really big on the best fighting the best in 2023. Knock on wood, we've seen some crazy stuff to end this year. Is uh, looking pretty promising. Yeah, everything that Kelsey and then some. Uh, we had a shitty uh, close of 2022 in boxing. So with Tank and Ryan supposedly fighting sometime early next year, then hopefully, you know, we get Benavidez and Caleb Plan and we get Canelo. And it'll just be a much better year in boxing than it's been the past year. Because, yeah, we want to see the best fight the best. And as somebody who covers comp boxing, pro wrestling and mma boxing is the one sport that the best don't fight the best so you, you got to fix that shit man because you can't attract new fans if the best aren't fighting the best you get nothing but squash matches it's cool in pro wrestling when wwe superstars was going on in like the 80s you could have a, a few squash matches but you know we got to have some competitive fights so it seems like they're finally getting the job done they really are and again please go to that episode immediately following this one because there's gonna be a lot to break down they also get to break down Nas's king disease three which I'm might be yes. looking forward to more than the boxing episode, maybe. <laughs> oh yeah, can't wait yeah. to talk about that. It's all oh, old men rapping. Gotta love it. Yes, hey. uh, unless you're 21 Savage. But <laughs> listen, listen to the show. <laughs> 21 Savage. I'll just cover my eyes right now. Yeah. AEW. I had you guys on a year ago, right about this time, because it was here in Minnesota, and a lot has happened in the last year. So we'll we'll cut to the chase and where things started turning because at that point it was at a it was almost at a peak you could argue the all out 2021 might have been a peak but full gear it was still rolling quite well yeah. ever since then and in this pretty much probably started in las vegas because andreas and i talked about this a little bit off air in how punk wins the championship and mjf the 24 to 48 hours prior got into some backstage stuff and we didn't know if he's even going to appear on the show there were a lot of reports crazy things like that and then Punk gets hurt in Los Angeles at the Dynamite, and MJF has this otherworldly promo, which has just become another Wednesday for him. So, And then, of course, we've had the brawl out at All Out, and then the purchase of Ring of Honor, where they've really been putting a focus on that in the middle of their television. So my question, either one of you can open this up, is has all of this put a dent in the hard work and the consistent AEW storylines that we've seen over the last three years? Yes. <laughs> Real quick. It's a quick answer. Yes. I mean, look, man, this, this is the uh, the perils of doing weekly television, right? And, and things happen that you have you don't expect. And 
AEW's had an avalanche of injuries and backstage things that have completely disrupted the flow of their shows. Uh, the purchase of Ring of Honor was meant to be a good thing. But then when your entire roster gets injured and you got to start installing tournaments and then you got to like fix pay-per-views on the fly because it's not just it's not just punk. It's not just the elite who are, will be back in full gear. Hangman's hurt. You know, Ricky Starks was just hurt it, last week. He, he wasn't cleared to wrestle Lance Archer. Chris Statlander still hurt. Red Velvet, who was a baddie, still hurt. Scorpio Sky's hurt. Like, all these people are in prominent positions in the company. It's not like you got a bunch of mid-carters that's hurt. You had former champions. Adam Cole's still gone. Everything yeah. has been a mess, and it's it has really hurt the storytelling aspect of the show from week to week, it's to the point where I would say that, that Full Gear has had the weakest build of any AEW pay-per-view thus far. It's 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 not a great build. It's, it's not. It is really difficult to do because there are so many moving parts. And there's so many stories that you want to tell. I mean, FTR is not on the pay-per-view again. That's crazy. Keep them away from those belts. <laughs> yeah, but they're not working. Like, that's cr- this, again, they didn't work the last paper. They didn't work all out, right? They didn't work all out. No, and I, They did work all out. they do double out. or nothing? They did? Yeah, oh, they, they, did they were in a six-man tag. tag. Oh, they didn't that roll out. Count. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, <laughs> oh, it, was, it was irrelevant. It was a bathroom break for the people that were next to me. Yeah, it's 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 you're doing this. You're doing the show, and you have all this talent, and it's really hard to build when you're dedicating so much time to Ring of Honor because you would hope to have a TV deal or a streaming deal in place in time, and then you got to overcome all these injuries. And you got to move things around, especially when you once upon a time said records matter, but everybody's got a good record and got hurt. So what do you do? <laughs> Yeah, it's a random affected, tournament for no reason. Yeah, That's what it is affected the hell out of the storytelling. I assume that they'll get themselves up under this, out from up under this, but they're in it right now. They're in the thick of things. Yeah, I agree. I, I think you can't go through that many injuries, that many backstage things um, without it taking a toll on your product visibly on television. But again, a lot of this was also happening before then. And this is kind of the, the problem with having a weaker mid card or having no bottom of the card at all. Like that you just put on a W dark or dark revolution or evolution or whatever the hell that is. Like when people get hurt and you have to elevate these people. Now it's just like, why do you have storylines for them? Do you know how to book them? Cause eventually you're going to have to know how to book everyone in your company. Cause if enough people go down, you got to book somebody as something. And they've had a lot of problems with saying who's the baby face, who's the heel going into this pay-per-view. We'll talk about uh, a lot of that here, just off of Dynamite, the Dynamite Go Home show. They made it more convoluted on who's a baby face and who's a heel throughout every matchup. I don't know what is what going into this weekend. So it's one of those things where you don't know how to book the people on weekly television constantly as integral part of pro wrestling. And making people care about storylines that how do you do with people who weren't on TV? So we're seeing that the roster is so deep on paper, but in practice, it's very thin in certain spots. The tag team division was one of the greatest in the world. I'm looking at the tag division now like, what is this? Because you got to keep certain people off TV because when the losses matter, you're just broke a new tag team. And then like you have the trios title now, which took half of the tag team super deep. It's it's very, very tough right now on them. And they've earned the benefit of the doubt, but they deserve scrutin- to be scrutinized 
along the way. It's hard when you are a one-man booking team. Tony Khan's got his hands in like four, five, six different projects, not just pro wrestling. We're talking sports franchises, Jacksonville Jaguars and Fulham FC over in Europe running a soccer club and how crazy that fan base is too. So he needs to hire some bookers, number one, because that, that's been a humongous part of this problem. They got rid of the rankings, I think, the weekend of All Out because Prick could have been part of the injuries. It could have been they haven't had any rankings since then. And then another thing you guys mentioned is the blurred line of heel and face dynamic. I can only... I've been saying this for the last, I'd probably say month, and it's going to tie in perfectly to the next topic, is that your number two heel in waiting, and you can arguably put him right now at number one because we don't know where MJF lies, is Swerve Strickland. Swerve has been incredible these last couple of months. Is there room for him, though, at the top? Of course. If you break that. No, of course, there's room for him. That's not even a real, that's not a real question. Like, there's room for him. It's just how do you utilize Swerve and where do you put him? Like the one thing, Kel, I disagree with you with it in practice is not thin. It's it's oh, it's too deep. The roster is too deep to the point where you only have three hours of television each week, and we're not going to count dark dark and elevation because to a lot of people those are essentially house shows, right? That tell maybe a little bit of story, but you have somebody like Swerve who should be in a title picture of some sort, but you got like seventeen titles. So which one do you put him in? Now the obvious answer would be for a lot of people the TNT title, but. Yeah. You got powerhouse in the mix right now. So you have it's it's an interesting case where some people go, there's too many titles. And in some ways you go, it's not enough titles because you have too many people <laughs> and you have too many titles on TV at once. So who goes where and what's going on? And I, I, I figure this all be sorted by next year. If Ring of Honor desperately needs a TV deal. They desperately need one because it's cannibalizing the product. But Swerve has done such phenomenal work. More importantly, impromptu phenomenal work. It's not like he fell in. They was like, you're going to be a heel. The acclaim was getting cheered. He made a decision on the fly. And from that point on, they ran with it. And he's been excellent in this role. But I, yeah, I, the blurred line. I mean, let's talk about this blurred line real quick. <laughs> Absolutely. The gray area is fun in pro wrestling sometimes, right? When you, when you know where it's going. But when you don't know where it's going and things get gray out of nowhere, it gets very complicated. We could see the double turn with the acclaimed and Swerve in our glory, right? Like, we could see that one coming. It's very clear that Swerve was going to be the catalyst behind, you know, the heel antics while Keith Lee is still a babyface. We see where that's going. The MJF thing, on the other hand, is complicated, convoluted, and it doesn't make sense. And I keep making this comparison on our show that it reminds me of the Rock and Survivor Series 98, where he ran through the tournament. And then joined the corporate corporation and everything was set up so you could see it coming. It was like Shyamalan's The Sixth Sense. Like you go back and watch The Sixth Sense. You saw how he like he never really talked to anybody. Sorry, if you've never seen The Sixth Sense, too fucking bad. It's been like 20 years. <laughs> like you got to get it together. <laughs> but if you go back through the movie, you see that all the pieces were set in place. So you were like, oh, he never was really. Ta- he was he never talked to a human. He always he always talked to a ghost and that ghost never interacted with other humans. But it was the MJF thing. It's so many. The firm and. The, the weak like ladder match and now it's like we're pandering to the crowd and you know as we go through predictions i mean if he doesn't revert back heel with regal turning heel along the way what are we doing here i don't understand why we're going through all this to get to a pretty easy conclusion and i think that you can only do gray area sometime even with jade and nyla rose there's a little bit of a gray area there but it's okay yeah. I, I can deal with this one because Jade has played this role where she's she's a heel, 
but people like her. And Nyla's fucking hilarious, but she's a heel because she has Vicky Guerrero. And that's kind of like your flag to say, I'm a heel. I've got Vicky Guerrero with me. But man, there's a lot of gray area, man. You got to be like a little bit cut and dry with who the fans are supposed to cheer for. And sometimes they're just not doing that. Samoa Joe and Wardlow. Joe's supposed to be the heel, but I like Samoa Joe. And a lot of people <laughs> are going to like him on that night, too. So did the crowd last night. Yeah, but he's he's making uh, Powerhouse Hobbs into a baby face or a tweener. And I'm like, Hobbs is supposed to be the heel. Nah, Powerhouse is the clear heel here. He's the clear and obvious heel here. Joe just choked out a man from behind. Yeah, but he had rationale, Joe. right? Like you can say, <laughs> no, like Joe chose like Joe. He don't got no, rationale. no, no, no. <laughs> Wardlow said, "I will take any title I want when I want." And Joe was like, "Bitch," and choked him out. <laughs> Joe don't play that shit. That makes sense <laughs> to me. That makes perfect sense. It's just, but if you're gonna position him as a heel, you have to go all the way heel. And I feel like a lot of times with Tony and his booking decisions, he starts listening to the crowd and was like, "Oh, the crowd's cheering you." Let's lean into that. That's where I give Vince McMahon credit sometimes. Not all the time because he does it. He did it way too much. But sometimes he's like, I don't care if the crowd's cheering you. You're still a heel. But you yeah. just have to find a way to make people hate you. And they're not doing a good job of that with MJF right now. And I think they're putting a lot into what I expect to be a turn on at uh, full gear. But if the crowd don't react and they cheer again, what are you going to do? I'll tell you one that was worse on Dynamite. And that's Britt Baker. Oh, God, you're right. 100%. Britt Baker cut an amazing promo. The yeah. only problem is, is she's the heelest of heels in that company. Why do I? She's like, I, I've been here since the start. I was in Daily Place. I built it. What do you, I understand, you know, Paige or Soraya or whatever. Her gimmick is, this is my house. So you got to respond to that claim. But you don't do it by cutting a white meat baby face promo. And then Soraya is just like, I have nothing to say. I'll see you in the ring. Damn right. You got nothing to say. She just cut down everything as the heel. That that was the most unhealish promo ever. And I'm like, so what is Britt Baker? And by the way, Saray, one thing she did say before she bounced is she buried the entire women's division. She said, I'm here to fight the best. And you are the best, Britt Baker. Last thing I noted, I remember Britt Baker don't got a title. She got neither of the women's title. How is she? How is she the best? So you came here to fight the best. So what does that mean for your champions that you didn't choose them? You just buried the division because we know what Brit is. She's Charlotte Flair, but you just confirmed it. None of these other women matter. So that that was the worst two pack promo I saw on Dynamite because once a heel, no longer. And then the other one buried the rest of the women. Makes no sense. We'll tap into that in the prediction segment because, like, yeah. That was bizarre. As soon as you said Britt Baker, babyface promo, you nailed it. We'll pivot back because last year at this time, we were talking about minorities in AEW. And we've already mentioned Swerve Strickland. We've mentioned Ricky Starks, Powerhouse Hobbs. And we have not mentioned Keith Lee yet, who I'm still waiting in 2023 for him to break through the imaginary glass ceiling. But Everything has been status quo over the last year. None of them has quite broken through to the main event yet. I think it's coming, but we said the same thing last year. Either one of you can start on this. Actually, I'll let you go first. Do you have the same faith, better or worse, that one of these four men or all of them will break through in 2023? Better, I think. I think they've done a good job with it. Again, I think the overall booking decisions have been weird. But they haven't like slided the minorities in any way. I think Keith and Swerve, their storyline has played out a little longer than I thought, but for good reason. 
I like that they found a way to make Swerve heelish in the midst of it and keep Keith as like the voice of reason. It's a very interesting dynamic. Um, they'll have a problem with perception versus listening to the fans, right? And and Dre mentioned Vince McMahon. One thing he didn't do a lot is let the fans, the the crowd and everything really steer him until it got undeniably big. Swerve at this point, if you go by crowd reaction, Twitter, celebs coming in, Swerve is bigger than Keith Lee. Swerve should be a main event guy and Keith probably should be big men bum to meet in that TNT division if they split it. But perception coming in is Keith Lee is the main card, main top of the card guy, and Swerve should work his way up through TNT. So that's going to be their biggest thing is where do you slot these guys? But I, I think they've done a good job in building the talent. Jade is still Jade. I mean, we, we have Keith, we have Swerve. The claimed is a tag team, just chock full of all different types of minorities and in, in, into two guys. And they've done very well by them. They've gotten over uh, – Nyla's prominently positioned as champion, no quotation marks, as champion heading into full gear. I, I think the diversity has shown through. It's there. Can they do better? Yes. It's just, do they have a, a predetermined notion of who goes where in their mind? Or can you let minorities build stuff organically? That That's my next guess. Because I think they'll be fine. But I, I think white wrestlers white male wrestlers specifically have the chance to build things organically and you let them go wherever the crowd and fans determine they want to go right and we've only seen it in in my opinion with one black champion that was kofi the crowd steered where kofi kingston went and that is why kofi mania felt so good that's why him becoming champion felt so great that that was so organic Right. Like, can all black wrestlers have that organic build throughout the crowd? Because I I don't know. I don't, to me, I look at Penta on uh, Dynamite and his match in Mexico and everything. And he came out with the amazing new headgear and everything. I was like, yo, how is this guy not in the main main event picture? Or is your preconceived notion of what Penta and you know, Mexican wrestlers and luchadors keeping you from organically allowing them to grow. So that that's my next thing. Can can you not just inherit talent where you're like, okay, this guy's here, this guy's here, this guy's here, but can you let it organically grow throughout your company? So that's what I'm looking for next. But I, I think they they cleared the the low bar. The barometer is good. I think they're fine. They do a good job. Yeah. I mean, you know, to be clear, the the short answer is yes, they're fine. Because if you look at their tag team title picture has been dominated by four African-Americans. If you look at like Jay Lethal is in a prominent po program working Sting and Darby Allen alongside Jeff Jarrett, but what the fuck ever. <laughs> oh, but Powerhouse Hobbs is in the TNT title picture. Ricky Starks is a star that we we see coming a mile away. The one thing I'll disagree with you, Kel, is the, the concept of organically. The reason why the Kofi Mania worked is because he was held down for so fucking long. <laughs> okay. Right? So it's, it's one thing if if... Fans get on. We get restless when we see our favorite guys, like the CM Punk thing in WWE. It was like Jesus, he's this good. Daniel Bryan, they're held back for so so long, the fans can't help but revolt at some point because Vince was doing everything in his power to give us what he thought his vision of a champion was. When the real vision was what the fans wanted. But even as heels, even as heels, like you don't got to be the the baby face that's been held down. Like that's not the only story. Like Swerve, if he 
organically becomes the best heel in the company, can he be second heel on your brand to MJF? Because you let MJF grow organically. The Swift. What, what what does organically mean? Is it what I what I'm trying to figure out here? Like, like organic- again, you're preconceived. You're just like, okay, this whatever. We're gonna have him turn or Swerve turned in the middle of a match. Yes, like that's as organic. He was just like, oh wait, oh y'all just really love the claim. Y'all booing us. Me and Keith Lee, he's the jolliest black man I know. Oh, you gonna boo us? We gonna turn organically, and then he's built on it and built on it, built on it. Do you ride that? Or do you just say, oh, well, that's cool. They break up. He goes into TNT because he's the second best heel in that company. First, if we talk, we'll get there. But he might be the best heel in the company currently due to booking decision. Do, but, so, do you let that grow organically or do you keep it in a box? It's it's growing organically right now with, with yeah. Swerve, right? Yeah, I just want to see the end game. I, of course. But I think they're they're doing perfectly fine with what they have. I think... When we started complaining about minorities in pro wrestling, like when we did our Wrestling with Stereotypes podcast, it was because minorities had been relegated to a certain role within certain companies. I think AEW, if you're looking at what they're doing right now and all the complaints, fell on they, they were ridiculous, right? All elite whites. It was like I, like I said years ago, I was like, just give them a minute. They got to shake through all the talent that they got. And now that they have this talent, the, there's a bigger booking decision question, conversation that needs to be had. But in terms of minorities, Jay Cargill is your top woman in that company. Say what you want about what she does in the ring. But in in terms of marketability and everything else, she sits at the top of the car. She is number one. She is the attraction. The acclaim got over organically Mm -hmm. because they were really and they rode that wave. So it's the, the questions about how they handle minorities. I think they've been answered for the most part. I mean, the question I always have is when. When things are not organic, when you put somebody as your champion just because you're trying to check a box, that's transparent, right? Mm -hmm. You don't want to do that. Like if if you put somebody with no heat, like let's just say you made Keith Lee champion tomorrow, it wouldn't feel right because there's no build towards it. Feel a bit weird. (laughs) It feels strange. Like, but if you build towards it, then it makes sense. I think they've done a good job with the with the minority talents they have because. Who's good that is a minority talent that's not getting pushed? Like you mentioned Pentagon, but there's only so much room at the top. And they're about to enter a trios match where there's two totally different stories being told in a six-man tag. That's going to be incredible because who's the Young Bucks' greatest rival rival in AEW to date? Lucha Bros. So it's like there's only so much room at the top for certain talent. And you got to make decisions on who goes where and when. We can't put a, a, a timeline on this. WWE had... 30, 40 years to do this shit and they fucked up. I was going to say they messed up those 30, 40 years. Yeah. That's not a great example. <laughs> but, but I'm saying they had 30 or 40 years to get here. So the complaints were warranted. AEW mm-hmm. just got here and people just jumped on them immediately that said they weren't doing enough. But now that they're doing more, it's like, we got to slow down our expectations. Like, Kenny Omega is still your best wrestler in the world. Like, Adam Cole is still hurt. Hangman and Moxley, like, they happen to be white wrestlers. But yes, if Swerve was being held out of the picture completely... And not presented as a top star, I'd have a problem with that. But right now, he's getting a lot of TV time, and then you know he's bringing in Rick Ross. Accusations, false <laughs> accusations. Come on, man, <laughs> they're doing they're doing just fine. Nothing is ever going to be perfect because when it is perfect, we're going to find something else to complain about. Yep, that's a hundred percent true. And looking at, I see Bandito Roosh as well. Both had a fantastic match last week on Rampage to advance in this tournament. 
Andrade, of course, is on a milk carton, but that's his own doing right now yep. with the politics going on in his own personal his own personal case. So Let people slap people every now and then, man. It's all right. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's okay. You slap one kid, he's gone. Damn shame. This is going to be a brilliant segue into the into the next person before we get into the card. But yeah, Penta and Ray Phoenix, they're two of the most incredible talents on the planet. Specifically, I'm a Phoenix guy. I love the Flyers, but Penta's just got this built-in charisma that it's so magnetic on screen to see. And I, I'm going to spoil this prediction right now. I think that's going to be the best in-ring contest of the entire pay-per-views, that six-man. And I don't think it's going to be close. I, I, I agree. They don't fail us. And, and you know the elite coming back. You think they're not coming back with a vengeance? They're the these six are gonna. They are aiming to tear the house down. I feel bad for whoever has to follow that match, and I don't care who it is. If it was Moxley and MJF, I feel bad for them. That that match is going to tear it up. Give them all the time. It's yeah, that's going to be a phenomenal match. We we know Lucha Bros show up. It's going to be a goddamn match. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to disagree with that. I'm I'm just looking up and down the card and there's like swerving our glory and the acclaim to have two really good matches. But again, it's Lucha Bros versus Young Bucks. And and I don't think ring rust is a thing in pro wrestling. So no, it's, it's just like, all right. There are levels to this shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Young Bucks, Pac, Lucha Bros, Kenny Omega operate on a completely different level. I love the acclaim, but let's just be honest. They're fun. They're yeah. good, but... They're nothing compared to the Lucha Bros and the Bucks in terms of like the work rate. And they're good. There's nothing wrong with being number two. A lot of people take it as a slight, but it's not. We just got to be honest. Yeah, 100%. You can't forget Omega and Pax matches as well together in the chemistry. The 30-minute draw on AEW Dynamite. And then, of course, I believe they had a match at, it was the first all out because Moxley had yes. staff, yep. which was very good. So oh, Moxie did have staff. I forgot yeah. about that. Mm-hmm. That's why we did wrestling with stereotypes. Yeah, that's the main event. That, that's Moxley why we had a Yeah, yep. really. Yeah. So Kel mentioned slaps. Let's talk Eddie Kingston, and he's been giving a lot of carrots over the last year. CM Punk at Full Gear last year was incredible. It was one of my favorite matches on the card. He's had a feud with Chris Jericho. He's also had a bout with Tomohiro Ishii that was probably it was the best pre-show match I've ever seen. And now he's getting the guy that he's idolized his entire life, Jun Akiyama, here in a tag match that's likely going to lead to a probably another zero-hour banger. Oh, yeah. The problem is this guy had all the momentum in the world after beating Chris Jericho Revolution. He was involved in the anarchy, the anarchy match at Double or Nothing where he arguably had the image of the entire night mm-hmm. walking down after, yeah, with a gas can in hand bloodied straight out of a horror movie. They haven't seen anything like it. That was pretty much your permission to give him main event status. And then he loses to Chris Jericho on Dynamite in a barbed wire death match. And ever since then, there's been some backstage problems in the whole nine. Try to channel Eddie Kingston right now. Do you think he's happy to where he is? And do you think he may not care about being a top guy? I'll go first. (laughs) These are two separate questions. Very much so. Um, I think he's happy where he is. But I think... He's pondering what they're doing with him. And what I mean by that is the matches that he's getting for the most part, like he's getting to live out his dream matches, right? So that's the happy part. So I'm getting paid to do what I love to do and I get to work with like legends. That is great. But you can't tell me that Eddie Kingston doesn't hear that crowd behind him. And they've effectively, because of poor booking, snuffed out the fire that he had. Now, yes, they can rekindle that at almost any given moment. But when you have that kind of momentum, 
and you have him lose in like a wet fart kind of way to Chris Jericho, it's like, all right, now what are we doing with you? Now, yeah, they're always going to keep him somewhere in the car because he's highly entertaining. He's a fan favorite. And he's a tremendous promo. So you always find work for him to do. But at some point, you have to elevate him up that card. And he's thinking about that. And I'm sure there's been conversations, the backstage antics or whatever's going on backstage, notwithstanding, but he's happy, but I know he wants more. And I'm pretty sure he understands the situation that they're in right now. And he's just like, all right, fine. Right? Yeah, MJF, Moxley, Punk. Yeah, Elite. You give me this match, this is cool. But at a certain time, I don't want just legacy matches. I want to move up this fucking card. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it has to happen sometime next year. Some people aren't going to like it. Some people, because he's got a ton of distractors on social media. They talk about his body. His ring work isn't that great. I don't care about any of that shit. He's got all of our hearts. So, yeah, yeah he's happy. But he wants more. And he's gonna. Ha- they're going to have to give him more. Because this, and again, this is a booking decision. This is them looking at their car and having so much talent that the if you ignore a top guy for like two weeks, they start to fade away and disappear. Miro, right? Where is Miro? <laughs> exactly. Exactly my point. And if you don't mention them, people tend to forget. But then when they show up cold on screen, what do you do with them? Wardlow. Mm-hmm. Wardlow wins the TNT title. Was, was white hot. He's cooled off considerably to the point where he might lose this weekend because there's no momentum. But it's like you have to dedicate time and energy to those individuals. And I feel like no matter what, Kingston still has a tremendous upside in this company forever, however long he stays around. But he's going to start his palms are going to start itching in in a few minutes because he he can't just sit here and get these matches forever. Yeah, no, I think you hit it right on the head. Like he was primed for like a Mick Foley moment. Like I didn't need to have him hold the belt forever, but like give him the title, throw him a bone. Um with as many times as they've now had an interim champion or Punk then had to vacate the belt after the whole fiasco and, and Moxie went through a tournament to win it and everything. I don't mind Moxie as champion. And obviously these two have a ton of history. Then, you know, they had a few, then went into the tag team and then Kingston saved his life from a bunch of explosions that didn't happen in the middle of the ring and stuff. But it's one of those things where if Mox was the number one contender, because he is in the standings, in the rankings, and you have a random tournament to crown an interim champion, that's an easy way for a guy like Eddie Kingston, who's probably never going to get enough wins to challenge for a number one contender spot. But that's an easy way to just let him go through a tournament, feel good moment, he's red hot, let him win, pop the crowd, and then say, yo, you got to take on your best friend Moxley because he's number one and lose to Mox or something, you know? And the belt still gets to Moxley. And there, there's ways to put the belt on Kingston to just give you a heartfelt moment for a week or two. And I think it's a missed opportunity. And it's just growing pains for Tony Khan. I'm not saying that it's one of the things where it's malicious or done on purpose. It's just injuries happen in pro wrestling. Belts change hands. Like, people get red hot. And then you look over a month later and you mistakenly cooled them all the way off. And the guy's on whatever this buy-in. What's the opening thing? I forgot the the name of it. Zero hour. He's on zero hour now. He was just red hot. So wrestling changes just that fast. You got to strike when the iron's hot sometimes. If not, you miss miss the opportunity. You miss the the wave. And uh, Tony Khan's learning that a little bit. Wardlow. Wardlow did the dive outside of the ring onto Samoa Joe and a crowd of backstage people and looked like a million bucks. That's a big-ass man flying. He looked great. And you're like, oh, that's why he was that hot. But he's not anymore. So it's like you got to strike when the iron's hot sometimes. And uh, I think TK will learn this. And it's his first bout 
with a huge rash of injuries. It was sunshine and rainbows when this company started. You're bringing in new talent all the time, new announcements. You're not doing weekly TV as much. There's a bunch of other stuff going on. Now you understand how hard it is. You understand that this, this isn't easy. So you'll learn, you'll grow from it. And I think you'll grow from it. If you keep making the same mistakes, then the product will suffer. And we'll see where the company is. But he showed me no reason that he can't learn to do better in these spots. All Friends Wrestling is what it was in the beginning. Yes. And Hugs Kingston, for everybody. Yes. Oh. Yeah. To have Eddie Kingston in this tournament and not win it was a mistake. I really love Ethan Page. We'll get to that here momentarily. But I think it was just one of those opportunities where he just lost again. Now you have to build him up again. I mean, you can do it any time. Don't get me wrong. But at some point in time, you got to strap a rocket to this guy's back. And you missed it once. Shame on you. Missed it twice. Shame on me. Missed it a third time. Shame on us all. Full gear. We'll just mention it right away because the TNT title has been, yeah, we'll talk about it right now. Powerhouse Hobbs, Samoa Joe, and then your champion Wardlow, which his moment, by the way, was over his win over MJF was overshadowed by MJF's shenanigans backstage. Double or nothing. So give me your thoughts on who's winning this. Hell, you go first. Man. Um, damn, we're starting off hot. This this one is a hard one to pick, right? Like, I I don't know who the heel in the face is. So I can't even... We think Hobbs I gotta, is the heel in this. Yeah, Hobbs I, is the heel. It, this again, is very obvious. He's not the baby face. It's very again, obvious he's not the baby face. He just did like a run-in type shit, at a saving... Because Joe was in there. It's it's very convoluted. He's the tweener to me. I hate picking tweeners in these situations. I think Joe is too old to win this outright. Um, And he has a belt. It's not going to hurt Joe. And and Joe choking out Wardlow makes me think Wardlow's prime for his comeuppance. And you don't have to hurt Hobbs in this situation. So I I think Wardlow powerbombs Joe and takes the win as the pure babyface in this situation and Hobbs and Wardlow can continue on their merry little way. And this feud continues between the two of them. If I had to pick, that would be it. But like Drake said, like, what is this Wardlow run? What is it? Right? Like, is it a good time to take the belt off him, put on Hobbs and have him chase? Cause Hobbs could pin Joe and you have Wardlow chase to get him hot again. There's so many different things, but I think the way it's set up, Wardlow will retain. All right. Joe's not winning. That's that's pretty obvious. He's the no. Ring of Honor TV champion. He's got to defend a final battle. The loser of this match will probably face Joe at final battle. That being said, and I say probably, I think Power Hobbs is going to win this title. And the reason why is it's tied to the main event. Because I think if MJF becomes champion, his first feud is going to be with Wardlow. You, but you got to get the title off of Wardlow first. I guess. that's That doesn't make sense in wins and losses. I guess. Why doesn't it? That you beat he beat you for the TNT. Like he beat you and he became yeah. TNT champion. Clean right? his whistle. And that was your bodyguard. There's a story right there. Wardlow can lose this match, which is totally fair because if as we get go down this card, if MGF wins, we <laughs> fully don't expect him to win in a babyface manner. Right? No. And if he were to beat Wardlow, it's okay because Wardlow has already beaten him. And Hobbs can kind of elevate the TNT title because the, the Wardlow experiment for all intents and purposes kind of failed because of MJF and a bunch of other shit. So I think Powerhouse Hobbs is going to win because Joe's going to incapacitate Wardlow or some, some shit like that. I'm I'm not entirely sure how we get there, but it feels like a good time to get the, the title on Powerhouse. Joe, maybe he's the pin, maybe he doesn't. Uh, I, don't, I don't necessarily know if we're going to do Wardlow and Joe at final battle. Shit. 
Now nah, I'm gonna just stick with Powerhouse Hobbs, and we'll figure out everything else after that. <laughs> Spoiler alert! I think there are going to be a lot of title changes on this card. I am gonna stick with Wardlow on this. I originally had Powerhouse Hobbs as my winner for the reasons that Andreas mentioned. I do think Hobbs is going to be the next TNT champion, but I do think Samoa Joe is in this match to take the fall. So I'm going to go with Wardlow here, and my only justification is just because I just think there are too many title changes that are already going to transpire. Otherwise, I would definitely go powerhouse Hobbs here. I would. I like so. that. It's decent reasoning. Only so many belts can change hands. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'll say this, and then we can move on. I, can, I don't see Joe eating the pin because he's got to defend that TV title. He's got to be strong. That's the only reason I don't see Joe eating the pin. I think one of the warlord or power is going to lose because of Joe. And then it hopefully will lead to something going to final battles a month away. And they got to go right into a program. So they got to figure out his opponent quick. That's all I got to say. Yeah, that's a tough one to predict. Here's a very, very easy one to predict. I believe Jade Cargill and Nyla Rose. Oh, come on, man. Jade. Listen, <laughs> I don't, they've, they, they have a Jade problem. I love Jade, but it's a problem. And it was just like the Roman Reigns situation in WWE. Who do you put over this person? You've kind of run out of people. And Jay works a particular style that is very difficult to see, like a Tony Storm or or maybe Chris Statlander if you heated her up enough. But you gotta you got she gotta be white hot, and you gotta be the point where Jay loses. She's not going to the main title program. She's too big. She'll have yeah. like one feud with somebody, and they just have to go into it. But no. Jade, Jade's going to win this match, and we're all going to be impressed of how she hits her finisher on Nyla, and then Nyla's been fun. And I don't know what we do with Nyla after this because she's incredible, but Jay Cargill's winning. She's staying undefeated. I agree. Like, who can take the belt off of her at this? Like Dre mentioned, like Statlander gets hurt a lot, a ton. I, I thought maybe Athena would be the one. Again, their problem's always been just burning through candidates. So it's like you bring them in, they lose next, next, and they go to the bottom and. You, you really don't build anyone like that. Nyla should have been like the first feud. It should have been her big show moment. And then you get this feud, and now it's like they're finally building something. Jada win. Jada hit the finisher on Nyla. It looked great because Nyla is so much bigger. It's like wrestling the big show. Like I, I've seen this booking for years in the WWE. Nyla's made this incredibly fun. Incredibly fun. She's a million bucks in this feud, but I I don't expect anything more than six minutes in this match. Jade might run through. Give Nyla her kudos for sure for turning chickens chicken shit into chicken salad. She did a phenomenal job here. Jade is definitely retaining, and we don't know who in the world's taking that title off for her. This tag match: Jay Lethal, Jeff Jarrett versus Darby Allen and Sting. Mm, um, listen, ten match shows don't bother me, but it depends on the ten matches you put on the card. This is a match that I'm just like, why? Why are we doing this? <laughs> we agree. FTR could have been on this card. Mm-hmm. Anybody could. Anybody could be on this card. This match, Sting and Darby aren't losing. I don't. I don't. I don't see that. Um, you know, it'll be fun. It'll be like a TNA moment to see Sting and Jared in the ring together. Besides from that, I don't give a fuck. So let's make this quick. Let's get Sting and Darby over and let's move on, please. Thank you. It's weird. I agree with you, Dre. So I don't gotta like double down on like who's gonna win. I'm intrigued to see if any ROH people win on this paper. Jericho is not an ROH guy. I'm intrigued to see if anyone in ROH wins. Because I believe the last pay-per-view, I left saying they completely buried ROH and all their people. Jericho took the title off. And I was just like, what are we doing here? Like, you're you're building a promotion. You're getting TV time and everything. But you're burying the people who are ROH. 
Like ROH at this point has to be AEW light. It has to be dark with a better TV deal because you're burying everyone who was key and integral to ROH. Like nobody won on the last pay-per-view from ROH. It's like, what the hell are you doing? FTR is not real ROH champions. They are AW guys. But you'll see guys like the Briscoes lose or uh, the Peacock lose. And like, there no ROH guys on a big platform are winning on AEW. So this is another case of like, I'm intrigued. I just, I just want to see. I think the ROH guy here loses, just Jay Lethal. And then it's like, now what? Does any ROH people win? Samoa Joe's not winning. I, I think... Is it another shutout for ROH on his pay-per-view? It's crazy. This does feel WCW post-invasion-esque, I think, with Ring of Honor right now. That's actually a great, great call. Sting must pose. He's undefeated <laughs> in AEW, number one. Number two, I want these guys on right after Death Triangle and the Elite. You want to go to the bathroom? All right. Exactly. <laughs> Might set up a merch stand. <laughs> you could never go to the bathroom on a Darby Allen card, though. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you, you like... What? No, a sting car because you don't know what stings about to jump off. Of. <laughs> yeah. That motherfucker's crazy. He been hanging around Darby for too damn long. He's just like, what? That yeah. looks fun. Nah, 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 yeah. Darby's gonna jump, cough and drop off of some shit crazy and half kill himself. So, yeah, Jeff Jarrett. I don't no, know. Je- Jeff is tapping. I don't think Lethal's gonna eat the pin here. I think Sting is going to tap Jarrett. I mean, that's you gotta smart. protect Lee. So, like, just real quick to mention, like, the ROH stuff. Like, I don't. That's why I don't think Joe's eating the pin because they're heading into final battle. Like, they're gonna find a way to make sure that these people look strong heading into the final battle because they can't eat pins. Tony Tony Khan can't be that silly to let his ROH brand heading into final battle just look terrible uh, at full gear. So, Jared's gonna tap. He's gonna hit Sting with a guitar. Sting's gonna pump his chest, and then he'll be off to the races. <laughs> no yep. selling the guitar. You know it. You called the pop. ending, I think. Yeah, I'll pop. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of ROH, Chris Jericho, Claudio Castagnoli, Brian Danielson, and Sammy Guevara for the Ring of Honor Championship. I'll start. Um, if there's not a TV deal in place, Jericho might retain. If there is one, then we have to begin the separation, right? So who, if somebody takes the title off of Jericho, that means they're going to be on ROH essentially full-time, I would think, showing up on AEW programming here and there. Um, Tony Khan mentioned on the media call today that he's going to take a look at how he's using ROH at the end of the year if there's not a, a deal in place because he doesn't want to cannibalize the product. So I can expect if Jericho does does not win that there's something is happening and we're going to see ROH television. But if Jericho loses, trying to figure out who he's going to lose to. Claudio feels like the obvious guy here. Claudio sure. feels like the guy who you could send to ROH. He's not big, but he's in a place where AEW where there's there's not a lot of places for him to go right now. So I would pick Claudio to win. Sammy Guevara winning would fuck a lot of things up, and that'd just be some cheeky-ass booking. That, that, that'd just be like, <laughs> we're t- tired of Sammy's shit. We're sending him over to ROH, which could be interesting on a number of levels. To get him away from Jericho finally and have him go out on his own, just be like, fuck you, Jericho. Fuck everybody else. I'm going to take this pin. I'm taking this title. I'm out. But right now, I'm going to pick Claudio. I, I love Danielson. I feel like it only feels right for Danielson with the ROH title at some point. I just am not sure if it happens here. And he's too integral to AEW programming for him to move off of that show. So I'm going to go with Claudio. Jericho wins. Sammy Guevara finds a way to lay down. Jericho pins Sammy. Neither of the other two guys take the pin. And I can't figure out any other reason Sammy's in this. If it's not, in the end, help Jericho. You know, on purpose or inadvertently, 
You know, all it takes is Brian Danielson to get out of the way real quick. And Jericho hits Sammy with a Judas effect. And he's just like, well, he's down. He pinned his ass. And Sammy Guevara is going to take the pin. Jericho is going to win and retain. Whatever it takes for the Jericho Appreciation Society. You know why? Because they're good sports entertainers. I was this close to choosing Brian Danielson for Ring of Honor television to be the world champion leading the brand. I'm going to go with Chris Jericho to retain here as well. Somehow, some way he's been doing this for a while. This storyline's not over. And you, you, I think they want him to headline that ring of honor pay-per-view to bring in as much money as they can in December. Mm. That's my choice. Not mad at that. Well, jungle boy, Luchasaurus in a steel cage. Jungle boy has to win. Like he has to, he has to, yeah. Because what they're really doing is just biding time for Christian Cage to come back and finish that feud, right? But then the real question becomes, what are we doing with Luchasaurus? You turned him heel, and is he just Lance Archer with a mask on now? He's better than Lance Archer, because I don't like Lance Archer at all. Lance yeah, Archer, and with his extensions, just that they don't do it for me. <laughs> just but, it. but Jungle Boy's got to win here. He's a very important person to the brand. He needs the win. I could see Luchasaurus making his cutting his teeth in ROH because there's nowhere for him to go in AEW. I could see that happening at some point. But yeah, I can't see Jungle Boy losing here. I would say as much as Steel Cage is supposed to keep people out, people always find their ass into the Steel Cage or interfering like every single time. I, I'd i go Luchasaurus. Christian Cage is going to figure out a way to screw Jungle Boy. I, I venture to say Christian Cage is faking his injury at this point. He's actually cleared. He comes out with the arm sling. Nope, my arm is fine. Cost Jungle Boy, and we have Luchasaurus. Because Jungle Boy doesn't have to take a pin. You you may clean the sheet if you want. You take the loss, Christian Cage screws you over. He's healthy. Boom, there you go. There's good rationale there. I have to go Jungle Boy here, though. He needs this win desperately just to, to bring his stock back upwards. You wait for Christian Cage to heal, and Kel, you made a great compelling case for him to say, hey, I'm healthy again. Here we go. And then you can start that, reignite that feud back up and get Jungle Boy over to the place where he needs to be. Well, I think we kind of spoiled this one a little bit. Well, we didn't spoil who we think is going to win, but match of the night, Death Triangle and the Elite trios. I don't know who's winning. The Elite should win, right? Like The Elite should win. The Elite are winning. But the real question is, does House of Black show up to wreck shit, depending on who wins? Because they've been teasing them for several weeks, and they're the next, clearly the next trios in line, right? Still Do you so build early for them to lose? It's a lot of hot potato if you bring them in. No, 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 not at all. No, I'm just saying that they they show up and you you establish that as the next few because what you can do essentially is over the next few weeks heading into the new year, different combinations of these guys facing each other. Yeah. Young Buzz versus Black and Brody. Like, there's a lot of shit you can do. Buddy versus Nick. Buddy versus Pat. Like, there's a lot of shit you can do. Um, I think Death Triangle blows up finally. I think Pac being the, the, like playing his heelish ways finally catches up with him. Phoenix and Penta are sick of his shit. And now you can move Pac into a singles star type of program. It, it, but I think you, and now as much as I love Death Triangle, Lucha Bros need to be on their own as a tag team and get back into this tag title picture, whether it's ROH or the other one or the main title. And Pac needs to move, move on, but the elite should have these titles. And I think, but this will be match of the night. I, I just can't see any way these guys just don't fucking murder each other for like 23 yeah. and a half minutes. It's going to go insane. Uh, the elite win in my book. It's the biggest pop of the night. Give the crowd what they want. 
the, oh, know. I can't I can't wait to hear Justin Roberts' intro for Kenny Omega. What is he <laughs> going to say when he reintroduces Kenny Omega? Can't wait. Executive Vice President. <laughs> you got to harp on the EVPs. From uh, North um, Carolina. So it, it's going to be a fun one. The only reason I would think for the elite to lose is if you wanted the Bucks to chase tag titles and Kenny to go to the main event scene and you're just looking for the pop and then like Dre said, you could bring back in House of Black and everything. Like, you don't want to tie them up in the trios title. You want to separate them to go. Uh, but Dre just did that same logic just backwards, right? Like, Pac would go to a bigger singles yeah. feud, and then the Lucha Bros are going. So whoever loses pretty much goes on the same path. Um, yeah, but no, I think the Elite win. Because being off TV for so long, it's hard to just shimmy them right back up. So give them the trios title, let them have a run. If the feud is long enough with House of Black, let them run with it. Like, that'll take us to the next pay-per-view. We figure it out there. So, yeah, I, I think that's the way, way to go. The Elite win. Yeah, and to be clear, like, putting the trio's titles on the Elite keeps them out of other programs. Is yeah. what you kind of, kind of like how FTR has all these belts and now they don't have to deal <laughs> with the acclaimed and shit. It's a, it's a reasonable excuse. You need a reasonable excuse to say Kenny Omega's not fighting for the title. And if MJF ends up being champion, that makes no sense, right? Like, you don't, you want to keep Kenny out of that situation for as long as possible. So the trio's title is the perfect way for these guys to have excellent matches, break melts to scale, and stay out of the title picture. <laughs> Ten stars. Yep. Be 12 if it was in the Tokyo Dome. Shit, it might end up being in the Tokyo Dome. <laughs> uh, yes, I think uh, All Out. Maybe as early as double or nothing next year is when you'll see the Young Bucks near the AW tag titles and Omega near the world title pictures. So, yep, the Elite are going to win this in their triumphant return. And yes, all the stars all the time. Here's that gray area where Tony Khan painted himself into Britt Baker and Soraya. Kale, you go first because I don't fucking know. Soraya's winning. Um, I don't know what this means for her, but this is her comeback feud. People don't lose comeback feuds off of like concussions and neck injuries and whatever the hell else she had. She's going to win. I'm not bought in on the character. You know, like, I, I didn't like her last WWE run. Her other run was against pre-Women's Revolution talent. I, I've i never bought in that she could hang with these new generation wrestlers. I She was great for the intermediate, but would she have just been Natalia? Like, I, 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 I don't know, right? So um, she's going to win this. I, I think they overplayed how much of an impact she would have and how ready she is to return to wrestling in, in forms of promos. And we'll see about in ring, but I, I, I'm, I'm not sold on it. She'll win, but then what? Cause you just beat the former champion, the best in this company. Do you have to go for the title? Does she take the title off of Jade? I, I'm intrigued to see what happens, but she wins this. Um, yeah. Soraya wins the quit. They booked themselves into a weird spot with this because I, hypothetically, if you had the right person, you could turn Soraya heel and this would be fine, right? You can get her with her own group of women that like Ruby Soho and a bunch of people and like wreak havoc on the women's division. Like you could do that. But Brick Baker is not a good baby face. She's a better heel. She's a tremendous oh, yeah. heel. And which we'll talk about later in the card. There's another feud waiting for to happen for Brit. Thunder Rose is still got to come back. There's a lot of shit going on here. But Soraya has to win. I just, I think her time as a babyface is limited. And there's a ceiling on how high she can go. 
And you're right. I think they overshot their projection on how important she would be. They should have had a fucking a session on this is how we're going to do promos leading up to this match. Because the last thing you want to do is take your biggest heel in the women's division and turn her into a baby face. And now turn Saray, who has a comeback story, into kind of like a heel or a limited baby face. I think she'll be fine in the match. She's a good worker. I think this match will be good. A better worker than Britt Baker. But I don't know how the fans are going to react to this shit. Soraya's going to win. The crowd's going to revolt because of the Britt Baker promo on Wednesday. That's really all I can tell you right now. <laughs> Sounds about yeah, right. You, I think you, you, we all touched on it right in the head. All right, World Tighter Eliminator Tournament. Ethan Page versus either, who's it going to be? Brian Cage, Ricky Starks, or Lance Archer? Well, I'll tell you this. Talking to Tony Khan today, this match is no longer happening on the card. He's in business regards how they work Lance Archer on Rampage, and Brian Cage is also working. So now the, the finals of this Eliminator Tournament are going to be on Dynamite and will no longer be on uh, Full Gear, which kind of sucks. But then again, maybe it doesn't. Maybe it's better for Dynamite. Yeah, it's better for the card. It's long as hell. Yeah. Better for the car. <laughs> take take it all. I'll watch it all Wednesday. <laughs> very, very smart there. I thought they were going to just pull the baby face trigger on Ricky Starks and have him win three matches in two nights. Yeah, I, I thought about that too. But yeah, Khan mentioned it today. He's like, I didn't want to do this tournament without Ricky. And then I, I didn't want to book them into too many matches in one night because Ricky just got clear from injury. Which all, all it tells me is like, Ricky was going to win this fucking tournament. Right? So yeah, let's just get there. Him and e, all ego Ethan Page on Wednesday. I think that's what's about to happen. But yeah, no match on full gear. There you go. We definitely agree. All right, we only got three left and a little bit of time left here. The acclaimed Swerve in our glory three. Boy. Acclaimed. I'll take this. Acclaimed are winning. Swerve and Keith Lee are breaking up. And I think Swerve cheats enough to have the match won. And Keith breaks up the pin because he's like, he doesn't want to win that way. And then at that point, that is how they lose. Swerve takes the pin. Because he's distracted by Keith breaking up his own fucking pin, and they lose. Give me a by Christian Cage's favorite favorite finishing maneuver, the small package. Give me, oh, wow. give me the acclaim winning by the small package. Man, I, I think the acclaim should win, but then you run into this dilemma. If the acclaimed win, I keep saying this, you can only keep FTR this title picture for so long, and I think the winner has to deal with FTR, which makes me think Keith Lee just buys in this word of shit. Maybe, maybe Keith Lee buys in here. And it's like, you know what? Fuck this shit. This 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 happy go lucky stuff. I can't do it. I need to, I need to keep these titles. So yeah. But that being said, never mind. I'm gonna stick with the acclaimed here, because it's time to have it's Swerve to go on his solo run. He's just too good at this, and the acclaimed are very good. Uh, they're gonna have to deal with the FTR, and they'll they'll have to cross that bridge when they get there. But yeah, the acclaimed. That would be a fun little turn there to have Keith Lee go to the dark side. But yeah, the acclaimed are gonna retain. Swerve and Keith Lee are gonna break up. I've been trying to call this since July. I mean, I have to hit it once, don't I? I mean, that's where we're going. He acclaimed. <laughs> Tony Storm, Jamie Hayter, AEW Women's Championship, another corner that I think Tony Khan painted himself into. It's the women's interim title, by the way. Correct. The bait of my existence, right? Now. Um, man, I would say it's time to put let's see what the hell we have in Hayter. Give her the belt. Tony Storm's run has been great to me. I'm indifferent. Jay feels like the real champion anyway. I wasn't like big on Thunder Rosa's run. Fuck it. The crowd likes Jamie Hayter. Give her the belt. Let's see what she got. Boy, this is this was bad booking. This was, and then they tried to give it teeth. They were like, oh, we were roommates and all this shit. Now it's like, we're trying to define the Jamie Hayter's change, but 
the crowd likes Jamie Hader. They've been like they've been waiting for Jamie Hader to break out since he joined the group. That, that, but at the, right here is the wrong place to do it. I don't know. This is where you have to wonder if Tony Khan is listening to himself or the crowd. And he has to make a decision. Because if Jamie Hader wins, of course you can go to a program with Britt Baker. Or Britt Baker screws Jamie Hader to make sure Jamie Hader doesn't win the title. And then they go into a program without the title involved. I'm going that direction. I think Britt Baker is going to box this for Jamie Hader. And then they can have their match. Because this is a great story there. It doesn't need a title. Tony Storm retains. Great logic there. I, I'm convinced that he Khan is waiting for Tony Storm and Thunder Rosa to happen when Thunder gets yeah. back from injury. However, I could also see a crowd hijacking if Jamie Hayter doesn't win much the way that the acclaimed in Chicago had that crowd hijacked when Swerve and Our Glory retained. And I, I think Khan's going to learn from that mistake that Jamie's just so over right now that I'm going with her to win the AEW Women's Interim Women's Championship in spite of the fact that I think he wants Storm and Thunder Rosa booked. That's mine. Main event, this is for the AEW Unified World Heavyweight Championship. John Moxley, MJF. Oh, shit, I got to go first again. Um, I'm, I'm predicting with my heart because I don't want to see anything else. MJF has plotted all of this all along, and either he is helped by William Regal or he's helped by the firm, and the firm never never turned on. He was devil in disguise all along behind the firm, and he pulls off a very heelish win over John Mox. I don't want to see Mox leave with the belt. Let Mox go on vacation. By hope, find a way. But I don't want to see a babyface MJF. It's a guy I never want to see as a babyface. So give me some heelish shit, MJF. MJF is going over. Moxie was due for a vacation before. He just had to hold on to that title a little bit longer. It's time for him to go. Regal is turning on Moxley. Regal is going to hit Moxley with the brass knucks. MJF is going to take the pin. They're going to, when I said the Rock Corporation moment from Survivor Series, it's here. It's happening. Because there's nowhere else you should possibly go. You break. The, the the combat club's got to go. It's time to break them up. It's time to... And I always say this. AW uses blood a little bit too liberally. These are the perfect moments where blood means something. If Regal was to bust open and destroy Moxley and send him into an injury vacation and like MGF decided all that, that works. But you have like MGF is a heel. And him and Regal's pro segment, there was a red herring planted right there. It was very... To me... It was almost ob- too obvious. It made it very even more obvious of the firm's involvement, considering how they handled the run-in with Moxley at Dynamite, where they kind of just kind of bailed on it and they didn't get touched. I was like, oh, everybody's in on this shit. They just think we're stupid now. <laughs> so yes, MGF will be the champion. He'll have his he'll have his corporation with Regal as his advisor. Regal will be his Heyman. There you go. Okay. You all tied everything and that I wanted to say. So MJF is going to win the world championship. We do agree. Regal is going to turn. We agree. The only thing I'll close with segment with is John Moxley had like a C minus D plus moment on Dynamite, which never happens from a promo no, perspective. He was off. He it was, was weird. Stumbled several times. He was thinking about his vacation. That's what was happening. He was like, Renee, <laughs> yeah. we are out. <laughs> I'm out of here. Shit. Hey, he's he's been the foundation for the last year and a half, specifically 2022. So I'm not faulting him for all of a sudden just kind of just being in vacation mode right now. And that's what we'll attribute it to. Episode 100 is going to close with this. I want you both to promote your social medias as well as any other projects near and dear to you. Man, uh, 
You can follow me, Kel Dansby, real name, no gimmicks. K-E-L-D-A-N-S-B-Y on all platforms. Follow the Corner Podcast, our show at Corner Podcast underscore on Twitter. Corner Club for Life on Instagram. We are on YouTube, the Corner Podcast. You can watch all of our shows on there as well. So much fun. Love being here on this show, chopping it up. It's going to be an interesting close of the month for pro wrestling because we have this and then Survivor Series back to back. So if you're a pro wrestling fan, this is an amazing time, amazing time. And we, you know, can be thankful for it. I know it's Thanksgiving coming up. So we can be thankful for having two good wrestling promotions and just a real, real good amount of wrestling. And we also have Impact, another pay-per-view. Their pay-per-views always deliver. I can't watch weekly. Pay-per-views on Impact always deliver. So just enjoy being a wrestling fan. Listen to us, all these other amazing wrestling podcasts. So many of them out there. They're all worth listening to because everyone has such a good voice. Hopefully we see everyone, you included, Jesse, at um, at WrestleMania. And we make a, make a thing of this in L.A. Should be fun. So thank you. Thank you for having me. I'll keep mine quick. Add Andreas Hale on all social media platforms. You can listen to the Clobbering Time podcast. Uh, we're entering season two when I return from paternity in February. We're on a hiatus for a second. Fighting Words, uh, I host that as well, which is basically me talking shit about combat sports. You know about the corner. And, and our project, Our Heroes Rock, me, uh, WWE former champion Big E, and Jonathan Davenport, who was just featured on USA for making ring gear for everybody. We have collaborated in that cartoon, which is Schoolhouse Rock meets Hip Hop, is coming sometime next year. Uh, early next year an announcement is coming very soon so yeah follow me for all updates there and uh jesse again thank you for having us on the 100th episode of your podcast we crushed this so jesse c velasquez on twitter wrestling you and you on twitter google apple and spotify of course is where you can find us this megasode of episode 100 wrestling's unplugged deniable is in the books and i am gonna let these guys close the show the way they always close their show as we roll all right <laughs> to reiterate in case you guys didn't hear us the first time Make sure you follow us at the Corner Podcast underscore on Twitter, Corner Club for Life on Instagram. Shout out to everyone at Blue Wire Studios, where we record at the Win Las Vegas. Producer Cole Bay Bay, who is not joining us here today, but you can hear him on our show all the time. For myself, for the old man Andreas Hale, for Jesse for having us on. We appreciate you all. Until next time, we're out. Peace. <laughs>